I am not Justin or Brian. I am Kristen. This is Fanholes, a podcast with the power level of over 9,000. Listen in or you will suffer the double down attack. All right, folks. Welcome to Fanholes again this week. We are all together this week to talk about a kind of interesting little subject that maybe not too current for some of you, but it was in the similar vein of kind of a nostalgia thing. We're going to be talking about DBZ this week. That's Dragon Ball Z for anybody who may somehow not have had cable in the 90s. DBZ was a very popular uh, manga in Japan for a while. It spawned many animated series. It was uh, by Akira Toriyama. We're going to be doing the DBZ portion. As there's been other shows. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, GT later on, too. But that's much later. To start off, we're going to be doing our favorite DBZ release on these shores. There's, like, Orange Box version. There's an o- Ocean Dub. There's the latest one, which is Kai, which kind of added a few scenes here and there that we did not get originally and has, like, much better dubbing. There's going to be our favorite movie. And if anybody says Evolution, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Dude, Chi-Chi. Woo! <laughs> We're going to go someplace cold later on in uh, the aforementioned GT. GT was basically a show that a lot of fans aren't so fond of it, but we'll go into that a little bit later on. And finally, DBZ Video Games. There's been so many video games released on this, you have to at least either have a favorite or hate them all, but there's been so many, at least one had to appeal to somebody. Before we get started off, though, we're going to see who is on the, uh, what is it, the... Team Five Star. Yeah, that's what we'll be called. <laughs> I am Tony. You can call me Chainclaw if you have no other preference. We'll uh, see who else is here. Who else is on tonight, folks? Hey, this is Brian, also known as Breakdown. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Hi, it's Mike Thunderwing, and I'd like to lead off with a short poem I wrote. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> dragon, dragon, rock the dragon, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dragon, dragon, rock the dragon, come get me. Thank you. Woo! That was beautiful. I can see leaves falling. I think, I think we got one more person. <laughs> hey, this is Grimlock, and I live my life like a come and come ha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This should be a fun show. Uh, DBZ had a lot of uh, entertainment value as well as being just downright goofy at some points. We knew you were coming, so we got all of our ducks in a row. Ducks? That makes no sense! Speaking of which, we're just going to pretty much go into our favorite release of the show. There's been so many released on these shores. Uh, at its height of popularity, you cannot look sideways without seeing DBZ toys, videos. It was on Toonami uh, all the time back in the day. It had a pretty rabid fan following, and even today, a lot of people still enjoy it. But we're just going to go into uh, the releases we got on these shores recently. Uh, I'm just going to start off at random. I will play Shinlong and say, Michael, what is your favorite release of DBZ? Well, I guess by default, it would have to be like the the orange brick sets, just because they have like the most like audio options like you know it has like the original score the like the bruce falconer score i I mean i'll always prefer the original like japanese score and voices and all that but like i i did like to have the you know dub score and all that so i guess you know i i know derek doesn't really like the visual aspect of it they crop out a little bit of it but i i I, you want to see the top of my head you can't (laughs) see it in that release 
Yeah, I, I know. I, I I can live with that. However, I do like Kai though. Like uh, not not just the releases, but the show itself. Like I think uh, I I should say Tony, you said like they added scenes. It's actually they took out scenes and they made it like a um you know more straightforward, more manga faithful version of the show. But that actually works uh you know to its advantage. And uh yeah, the dubbing is a lot better. I'm not much of a fan of, like, Funimation's in-house dub, really. Or or I wasn't, like, initially. Like, I think they, like, took until, like, almost the Boo saga to get really decent, you know. I have, you know, nowadays I have, like, a fondness for them and, like, their early cheesiness and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I still have a fondness, too, for, like, the Ocean Group original dub. Like, I, I still think, like, Ian James Cheetor Corlett is still the best English <laughs> Goku. So, and, uh, yeah, I still think Scott McNeil is the best Piccolo. Although, and I, I think, uh, what's his face, uh, Chris Sabat, he's... He's improved vastly for Kai as Piccolo, but I still think Scott McNeil's got it over him there. As far as, like, favorite version of Dragon Ball Z altogether, I guess I just have to go with, like, original Japanese, because that's probably the first... the I saw most of it originally in Japanese, so, you know, I'm going to have to go OG on this one and, like, you know, just go for pure nostalgia factor. But, like I said, I do I do appreciate Kai a great deal. I've been following it, and uh, I'm very impressed. Like, not only are the um, is the dubbing like better and the scripts more act- accurate, but uh, you know, the acting is a lot better, and like delivery of a lot of lines is really good. So, you know, and Frieza finally has an appropriate voice. So, you know, that's pretty <laughs> cool. You know, he's supposed to he's supposed to sound like an effeminate male, but somehow like Funimation decided to go with drag queen for a decade. So. <laughs> it's nice to have, yeah. It's nice to have him have a nice voice now in Kai. So you forget, I don't enjoy jokes, and you've never been very funny. And How did you see it. the Japanese dub first? Did you just buy the DVDs, uh, like wondering what it was or something? Crappy VHS fan subs that like a cousin of mine got from a like I, I forgot where, like a anime convention or whatever. I, I oh, the good old the good old days of uh, VHS yeah. fan subs where yeah. every every other word Vegeta said apparently was asswipe. You'd be watching yeah. it, <laughs> be like Big Bang Attack, and then under the dialogue it'd be like You stupid asswipe, I can't believe you messed up my Big Bang Attack, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's it's true, yeah. Like well. I saw, like, the original, like, Dragon Ball dub, like, on TV, you know, gotta catch those Dragon Balls, or whatever it was. <laughs> and Dragon it, Balls! <laughs> yeah. And, gotta find them all. And I, I liked that, and then, like, they did the Dragon Ball Z dub, like, shortly thereafter, and I saw, like, ten episodes of that, and my cousin was like, dude, why are you watching this shit here? And he, like, gave me, like, a big tub of, uh... Uh, VHSs with all the grainy fan subs, so I saw like basically all of Frieza and Cell Saga like that, and like he only had like half a Boo Saga, so I only I got to see the Boo Saga when like Funimation finally released it on DVD. But mo- for the most part, I saw like you know the rest of it in Japanese on grainy, really poor quality VHSs first. But that's probably why it, it would be my favorite though. I think I think for me, like I I watched like tons of VHS like fan sub tapes, but I think 
the the stuff I first watch the most, I guess, that I probably have fondness for, which I know not a lot of people do, but is it's the the Funimation Frieza saga because it's like that was like the first thing I really watched religiously on Cartoon Network, and then you know, and then I sort of rented like VHS tapes of like all the the Ocean Group stuff to sort of catch up once I sort of got into it or whatever but i guess if i had to pick something like it'd probably be some weird you know frankensteinian combination of stuff like i i always said like if the audio options on the orange box was combined with the way the dragon box video looks then i would be pretty happy you know like yeah. for, for the most part and i just wanted to mention that that and I uh, probably not too many people are aware of this because or maybe they are I don't know maybe all the really hardcore DBZ fans are already aware of it and they're like we know about it and we know more than you know crab or whatever but it's just like <laughs> all all I know is That's that right. <laughs> uh, apparently there is a new uh, Dragon Ball Z it's called Level One Point One that's coming out on Blu-ray. And I guess basically it's going to be the, you know, it's like remastered whatever on Blu-ray, but it looks like it's, you know, full frame remaster with, you know, like the, the, the tracks, you know, the Funimation tracks, you know, as well, you know, without, you know, kind of like, like almost, I'm guessing like a Blu-ray version of the Dragon Box is what it looks like with all the orange box sound options. I mean, the only thing that seems kind of, shitty about it is that you know you only get like 17 episodes or something in the first set and you know considering there's like 300 episodes it's like it seems like they're gonna yeah. try to milk the shit but you know i was like oh well maybe that you know i mean it's part you know some people are kind of like you could tell like they're like oh good thing i didn't spend money on those dragon boxes like maybe i'll get this instead you know or whatever so but yeah they, they seem to find new ways kind of like uh star wars you know get people to buy the same shit you know, over and over and over again. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, fall prey to it, but sometimes I'm just like, hey, that does sound kind of cool, you know, especially if it has, like, all the audio options and stuff like that. But, Derek, well, while while you were watching, like, the Funimation dub of, like, the Frieza saga on Cartoon Network and probably enjoying it, I was, like, watching it and, like, writhing in pain. <laughs> it's it like, what are you doing? No, that's not what they said. And how come no one's saying asswipe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we we always we still made fun of it. I mean, that's why like I thought it was kind of like I have fond memories of like, you know, getting into arguments where, you know, my buddy would come over, you know, and we'd watch it like so it's like, you know, one of my best friends, you know, in the world like I I watch that with him like every day too. So there's that sort of aspect to it. But we we would always come over and watch it, and he he always get into these arguments with me where he's like, "Why does Frieza know you know what the hell baseball is? Like, why is he making a reference about baseball?" He's like, you know, it's basically like the same shit that the the TF Abridged guys make fun of. He's like, "What is it? Fucking space baseball? Like, what? <laughs> why the fuck does he know what baseball is? You know, and stuff like that." So, like, you know, there's I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff for me that's like fun, like because I guess when I when I say, like, you know, it's like, I, I'd probably keep my, I still have my singles of, like, all these DBZ discs, you know, the Funimation ones, which is pretty awful, because it, like, it takes up, like, three or four comic boxes worth of DVDs or whatever, <laughs> but it's like, I'd really like to, you know, get rid of them if, if you know, like, trade them in if, if they had, like, 
you know, like something where it combined, you know, some of the stuff that you're saying, like you have the option to watch the original Japanese language, which is what I kind of got used to after the Frieza saga, because then after that, I got tired of waiting for them to dub the stuff, you know, and I, I think from like Trunks on, I just watched a bunch of fan subs and watched all the movies and everything. And then I think the thing I watched last was probably the original Dragon Ball, because it's like, I think I actually read the manga of that before I even saw the, yeah, the anime, it I, took I saw so it. long. You know, it took so long for it to come out, and I never. I think the I I think like the for the fan subs, you know, that all said asswipe or whatever. Like I remember watching movie fourteen and like some of the compilation movies on grainy VHS, you know, tapes, but never like the the actual. I never watched the actual series until it was on DVD yeah. or whatever. I just remember every so often there'd be an episode with no subtitles, and I'd be like, "What? Huh? What happened?" <laughs> like I just have to like power through it because like someone like I guess forgot to subtitle it or just had to didn't have time or just stuck it. I like in I like when the timers would run out, where it'd be like you know somebody'd be talking and it'd be like, "I will go to the store." <laughs> and then like waiting, but meanwhile like there's all dialogue going on where it's like you know. You know, Kamehameha, and all kinds of stuff is going on in the background, and you're like, wait, wait, you you guys forgot to type it in. <laughs> what happened uh, to the store? <laughs> I was, uh, one last thing I wanted to say. My favorite thing ever, what you were mentioning about, like, Frieza, what is, why does Frieza know about baseball? I think it's actually one of the Ocean Group dubs, but there's a line where Krillin says, how come, like, Vegeta almost let us go the way of the dinosaurs? And I'm like, dinosaurs aren't extinct in Dragon Ball! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that? My friend always liked, even though, like, when we finally sat down and watched the, the Bardock special, like, he's like, wait, that's that's Goku's dad? Like, he, he kind of had it stuck in his head, the whole, like, you know, Superman connection, especially in the, the Ocean dub, where he's like, Ah, you know, Kakarot, your father was a, a horrible warrior, but he was a gifted scientist. Yeah. <laughs> and he made our moon gun, or whatever he says, you know? And so, like, he had it stuck in his head, like, you know, Goku's dad was, like, Jarrell or something like that. You know, and so when, when, when we finally, like, saw the Bardock movie, he's like, wait, what? Like, what, <laughs> what's going on? Like, or, like, how the old uh, uh, Funimation dub, like, where they, they do the clip of the Bardock special, and he's like, he's like, come on, man! Yeah, like it's totally out of context. Yeah, it's like it's like he actually like fought his way through all those guys. It's pretty funny. What continuity errors and DBZ? Are you crazy? Come on now. Oh, and and and, and, Fre and Freeze is probably like, well, big boy, let's see what you've got. You know. <laughs> I, I always like Chain Smoker, fifty-year-old truck stop yeah. woman voice. That was a. <laughs> but it, it's okay. Like we shouldn't rag on what's her face too much because she was a good Genkai at least. So, oh yeah, yeah. and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, yeah, yeah. I, I think they really didn't know that Vegeta was a man or something at first, and like after they like start watching more episodes, they're like, oh shit. Oh well. <laughs> you mean you mean Frieza? You said Vegeta. Oh, I said Vegeta. Frieza. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't know Vegeta was a man either. Actually. We didn't. No, not until he got with Bulma. Then we're like, oh, he does have a penis. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was wearing that. He was wearing that pink Batman shirt, and I was like totally confused about his gender. That's <laughs> that's what it was. That's happened to me. I mean, threw me off. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead with mine real quick because mine's short. I'm not a huge DBZ fan, even back in the day, but I am a big 
cartoon fan in general, so I pretty much watched the entire run on, first of all, and syndication before it went to Toonami or Cartoon Network, either way you want to put it. And then as soon as they picked up the Frieza saga again, where it left off, I watched everything until the end where they had to fight Boo and everything. So, I mean, that's going to be my favorite. I never really felt the urge to buy the DVDs or anything like that. And it's not because they're poorly made or I don't like, you know, to buy season sets. Just never got much into DBZ. So I guess I'll just have to say, like, you know, that dub was my favorite by default. But, you know, at well, the same what, time. What, what dub? Like, uh, it'll probably be like, <laughs> like kind of ocean, kind of Funimation, <laughs> kind of. You know. It's just kind of, kind of how you saw it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you ever yeah. watch? Did you ever watch Dragon Ball, Tony? Like, actually, I did. They they aired that on Toonami for a little while, and I I mean, it was interesting. I kind of got into it. It was nice seeing where these characters kind of came from because some of them they just show up in DBZ, obviously. But you know, you have like. Tien and Krillin and Fat Cat who sits on top of the tower with uh, Yachirobi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yachirobi. I like the samurai guy. It was actually Fat Cat from Rescue Rangers. Goku. <laughs> 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 but no, it was kind of cool seeing the backstory too and finding out how Goku got to be the badass he was and all that good stuff. And, you know, it was funny how, like, I think we were talking about this like offhanded one time, but it's funny how Piccolo is like the demon god of like you know kills planets, the destroyer of worlds. And then after Goku beats him in one of the tournaments, he's like, "Goku, you have bested me in combat. Can you help me get my license?" You know, <laughs> seemed really random, but you know that's that's how DBZ is. They, uh, DBZ and Dragon Ball, like whoever he beats, usually becomes his friend in some way, <laughs> or he kills him. One of the two. But yeah, I like I like Dragon Ball, Red Ribbon Army, and all that stuff. That was pretty cool stuff. But yeah, like I said, not a whole lot of in-depth analysis from my end because I just didn't get that into it. But at the same time, I saw it enough on Toonami where I could still randomly quote stuff. I mean, I still saw so many episodes so many times over and over again. So, but uh, what about you, Justin? What was your favorite release of the series? I guess overall, I would go with the Orange Box releases, kind of like Mike. But then there are certain parts of like each one that I really appreciate, like. You know, I really like the Ocean dub. That's where I started. Like, I remember my brother would always watch Dragon Ball Z, and he was always crazy about it. But every time I seemed to watch it, they were always fighting like the Saba Man or something. So I kept waiting for something else to happen, but nothing ever seemed to. <laughs> and then uh, one day he like that, that, that five minutes of Cyberman Man that went on forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've and seen then, uh... Yamcha die fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> what did it for me was one time like he he had swimming lessons or something and he was like take Dragon Ball Z for me today I haven't seen this episode I was like okay so I sat down and taped it for him and I started watching it myself and it was the episode where uh, Vegeta was fighting Raccoon I was like you know this is really well animated and it, like it really sucked me in so from there on I was watching uh, DBZ with my brother and you know like I said there are certain things I really like about the Ocean Dub like. There's a part where uh, – I think it's like right before Piccolo dies where uh, they're just kind of talking to Nappa or something, and Gohan just out of the blue to Nappa. He says, uh, you smell like toenails. <laughs> and Nappa has this really confused look on his face. He's like, what? Oh, I'll kill you. I was like, man, that's, it must be some kind of like really horrible like saying say an insult to uh, to say a Saiyan smells like toenails to get Nappa so angry. There are, there are other things I appreciate too, like that first run through the Funimation dub. Like, 
I love uh, motivational Piccolo so much, and I mean, I I, I enjoy uh, DBC Kai quite a bit because it does have a better dub and better scripts and stuff. But I, I kind of miss the goofiness of motivational Piccolo. You know, I remember like when my, me and my brother first saw that, we were just like, "What? Why is Piccolo suddenly a crazy person?" Wow, unreal! My gosh. This is amazing! I feel incredible! Yes, 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 yes! I can win! I feel great! I can do this! Ugh. Yes! I'm home! I'm alive! This is all a miracle! I'm awake! I'm wide awake! <laughs> Here I come! <laughs> yeah, I remember being kind of like my my experience with Kai is pretty limited. Like I did go out and buy like the Blu-ray sets because they were on sale at Amazon. But to be completely honest, I've only watched like the first disc of the first set. And and my only other experience with watching Kai was I I was just I watched it on cable randomly one night. And you know it it got to that you know point in the Frieza saga you know where you know he merges with Nail and everything and I'm kind of waiting and waiting and I'm like is he gonna say it like come on where's the motivational speech and then like when it got to it it was like something like oh I'm really great and you know I'm I'm like Christian Bale and <laughs> yeah and let's go kick some ass and I was like well wait wait what happened like so I was kind of like. <laughs> Led down that he, he was like, "Where's the you know yes yes." You know? <laughs> Over the days of Mr. Kilo, <laughs> um, it's like as far as the Japan, Japanese dub goes, like I, I have some fondness for it too, but I guess not as much as Mike does, I guess. But uh, after the Cell Saga was over, like me and my brother were kind of kind of desperate for anything that was new Dragon Ball Z, so uh, we would spend like you know an hour and a half or two hours on dial up trying to download like Majin Buu episodes and so we <laughs> we watched like half the Majin Buu saga in uh you know crappy uh fan subs. Woo <laughs> But strange for some reason I don't think Vegeta ever said S wipe in those uh those <laughs> You didn't subs. get you didn't get the super awesome cool fan subs that me and Mike got where it was like they, they sometimes it wasn't just ass wipe. It just seemed like Whoever fan subbed the things like thought it was cool to like add curse words to it, like they were like three years old. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like Bulma could just be like, "Hey Goku, like give me back the dragon radar. You're gonna break it." But then the translation would be like, "Hey fucker, give me back the dragon radar." Like, yeah, the yeah. random insertion like, of fuck well, you everywhere. Like, yeah, uh, you, you I didn't say that. A, a good example was we downloaded uh, Dragon Ball Z movie thirteen, and you know the scene where. Uh, but, you know, Vegeta shows up and gets knocked around, and that's pretty much it for him in that movie. Like, the <laughs> the uh, fan sub that we watched, like, Vegeta gets angry. He's like, what? You're going to come in here and destroy my house on a Sunday, and I'm trying to relax? He's like, fuck you. And he, like, shoots <laughs> a big blast at him. I was like, wait, does he really say this in Japanese? <laughs> my, brother, my brother looks at me. He's like, wow, Japanese Vegeta's badass. <laughs> I, I do. I do. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> I do remember, yeah, like, Vegeta's, like, constant, in every saga he does, like, an energy barrage at someone that ends up being totally ineffective. And, like, I remember every time it's, like, subtitled, fucking die, shithead, fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, Vegeta's Vegeta's cool. I, I remember kind of like what Justin was saying when I first watched the the Funimation, you know, dub during sort of the Ginyu Frieza stuff, you know, during Raccoon's fight with Vegeta, where I actually like started paying attention to the show, like with great detail and sort of watching it religiously. Like this is, you know, just I, I may have mentioned this in the past or maybe on my my blog or history of comics on film or whatever, but Vegeta kind of had the Magneto effect on me where I was like, oh, wait, this guy was a bad guy, and now he's still kind of a bad guy, but he's kind of helping them out, and, like, he's going to be on their side eventually. And I I always kind of got that, you know, sort of, you know, Magneto in the 80s vibe where he was, like, hanging out with the X-Men and kind of on their team and stuff like that from Vegeta. And so once I sort of could translate it into sort of my you know, comic sensibilities and, and sort of, you know, lexicon or whatever. I kind of, you know, like when I went back and watched the, the ocean dubs, I'd be like, Oh, okay. So Raditz kills Goku. I'm all, that's kind of like Superman getting killed by doomsday. You know, like it just (laughs) all sort of started, you know, clicking to me where it all sort of, you know, seemed sort of familiar, but in a cool way, you know, like something new and different, you know, to, to, you know, somebody, you know, who would just sort of not watch too much, you know, Japanese animation and, you know, it only kind of watched, you know, American stuff or just read comics or whatever. Yeah, kind of like cool comic parallels for you, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I can definitely see uh, Vegeta as Magneto, man. I think I've still got all the Ocean Dub episodes on VHS where I taped them off Toonami and uh, the Ocean Dub episodes versions of uh, the first three movies. I think I've still got those somewhere. Like every now and then I'll still pop those in just for giggles and kicks. Yeah, I think, like, a lot of the DVDs I kept, like, were, you know, I, I even though I, I would end up getting, like, the, I guess, Blu-rays or the Funimation movie versions of things sometimes, like, I still held on to, like, I think it's, like, the first three movies. Yeah, from, the Ocean dubs, I've got those. Yeah, yeah. so I just, I, I hung on to those because I was like, oh, cool, you know, like, this is, to me, I was like, oh, that's a different dub, like, I'll just hang on to that, you know, because I'll probably like watching that, you know, sometime down the road or whatever, you know, for... For memories, for shits and giggles, or whatever. You know. <laughs> and then at least in that one, nobody's fucking bald head is cropped off. So, <laughs> <laughs> where's his head? And nothing beats a uh, Gohan song in movie one where he uh, eats those apples and gets drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love. I, I just so everybody clear about this. I fucking love Gohan. So, I mean, <laughs> that, he's like my favorite character. So anytime they they try to pwn him, like. Later on in, in GT or, or even, you know, even maybe, you know, I guess during the Boo saga because all the, you know, the Japanese fans wrote in and wanted Goku to actually, you know, do stuff or whatever, you know, and then Gohan kind of got shoot off to the side or whatever, you know. So I was always kind of like, oh, that's lame. Like, I, I, I kind of like that whole arc, you know, that they that he was trying to write, I guess, where, you know, he, he had Goku go from a, you know, a child to a man, and then he had his own son who went and repeated, you know, kind of the same arc, who went from a child to a man, and he was, you know, supposed to be much, much more powerful and stronger, and, you know, he, he sort of had a lot of anticipation and kind of, you know, the hopes of, of, you know, what he could do differently than his father, you know, because obviously he was a lot smarter and, you know, different things like that. And so I always thought 
of that, you know, I guess by the time, especially by the time they got to GT of, of that as being like wasted potential, especially when you're like, you know, I mean, it, 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 they were kind of blunt analogies. Like I remember watching the end of the Cell Saga in Japanese and it's like, dude, he beats Cell with one hand tied behind his back, <laughs> like, and he's all fucked up and he wasn't even really, like, imagine if he had both his hands and shit, like, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's why I, I'm almost cool. Like Kai and is ending with the Cell Saga, and I'm almost cool with that because it's like almost like Akira Toriyama's like his plan. Almost he wanted like you oh, know Gohan kind of, to be the, at, like succeed Goku at the end. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So I mean I like the Boo Saga, but it is kind of like I think Cell is a good better endpoint almost. You ever wonder why, like, you know, if, like, Gohan was ever like, so my dad's going to go train this oob fucker? What what the hell? And, huh? <laughs> why do I get a short end of the stick? <laughs> well, he had Vito at that point, so he didn't care anymore. <laughs> I do agree with I do agree with Derek, though. It was kind of funny, though, in, like, the Cell Saga. It was like, you know, everybody was like, Gohan, you are, like, the final short chance to win. You are the only one who can. And he does. You know, he does what he's supposed to do. Even, even with the little, like, you know, huh, Vegeta, blast. Oh, yeah, in the Boo Saga, it was like, Gohan you're the only one who could do this. And he's like, actually, I just took a job at the Cracker Factory, so I won't be fighting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah, it seemed like he just kind of caved into, uh, I guess, you know, fan demand or whatever, you know. that that That's always the way the story has been described to me, that there were, you know, lots of people that would write in and kind of, you know, I, I guess it would be like a situation where, you know, say, like, a character like Hope in X-Men or something, you know. She's a relatively new character, but she's supposed to be sort of the, you know, the same kind of concept, you know, she's got a lot of expectations put on her and she's supposed to, you know, lead all the mutants into, you know, a, a new era and all this kind of stuff. And then can you imagine just a bunch of people writing and going, why does Hope have to save the day all the time? Can't Wolverine do it? You know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like midway through the story, even though they've been like pimping out Hope, you know, and being like, oh, yeah, Hope's totally going to you know, uh, uh, blow up every single Sentinel and, you know, poop on the, the brood and, you know, everything's going to be cool or, you know, whatever she's going to do, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, midway through, it's just kind of like, you know, like you're saying, like, Hope's like, I must go now with Poochie back to the future. Goodbye. <laughs> and then, like, Wolverine has to, like, you know, kill all the Sentinels or whatever. And he's kind of like, ever this one's for you, Hope, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know. Uh, actually, I want to get the uh, Brian, really quick, because I, I think we should all give Brian a pretty big hand in preparation for this big DBZ episode. You have been watching a lot of Kai. I don't know if he's your favorite, but you've been doing a lot of homework, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just kind of doing that naturally. Uh, Derek had recommended it to me a while ago. I've always really liked DBZ, and I have, like, the seven sets of the Orange Box editions. But my problem always was that I'd, I'd start watching it, trying to go episode by episode, and then I'd end up you know, getting sidetracked, and then when I went back, I, I couldn't figure out where I was, and the show just takes so long to get going. But, I mean, Kai is Kai's amazing, because it cuts out all the filler, as Mike said, and that just picks up the pace, like, so much. Instead of a fight taking 15 episodes, it only takes 12 episodes now, so it's like a big improvement. Oh, which fans may think is not that big, but seriously, two episodes taken off is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if like you were going to try to introduce your friends to Dragon Ball Z, um, if they've been living under a rock or something, like you should you should use Kai, because it's great. The animation's all cleaned up. There are like small segments of new animation, but mostly it's it's just the old animation. But, I mean, it looks awesome, and like the uh, the script is, like I don't know, 
I like it a lot better than the previous versions because it seems like more serious in tone and like a better translation. So I've been enjoying the crap out of them. And you're like, uh, how far are you? Did you say you were up to Frieza or Cell? Yeah, um, like Goku's kicking the crap out of the Ginyu Force right now where I'm at. So Cool, cool. Yeah, I haven't been able to keep up with Kai that much. I think I saw one or two here and there, but... There was, Again, there, there was one last thing I wanted to say about the Funimation dub, the original one, like when like when it first came back with the new stuff. I, I, despite the cheesiness, I still love the the Funimation dub's narrator at the end of every episode, or like you know the next episode segments when you know he'd be like he'd make everything sound like super like over the top, like oh no, it seems like <laughs> Goku's dropped a massive deuce on Vegeta's head. Yeah, how will the Saiyan Prince react? Find out next time. Yeah. I was going to say, it wasn't even like he was a narrator. He was like he was standing just off camera. I was like, oh, shit, you see that? <laughs> uh, hey, Derek, did you see it on Nicktoons then? When I when I uh, first watched Kai, that, that the thing I was describing about waiting for Piccolo to give his motivational speech, that was when I first watched uh, a couple episodes of Kai. And then, I, like I said, I, I bought most of the sets that they've released on Amazon so far. But I've only I've only gotten through the the first um, the first disc on the um, the you know set one or whatever it is. So like I think I've watched like the first nine or ten episodes of Kai. When you saw it on cable, was it edited differently than your D, your Blu-ray sets? There's like there's like a bunch of different versions. Like there's there's the one on Nicktoons, which I think is normal, and then there's the one on Toons Eye, where like they make Mr. Popo like a Smurf or whatever. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like. Um... Between the time that I ordered the set and before I got it, I was reading up on it, and it, it, the what I, the is like a Dragon Ball Wikipedia. They were saying that um, all the blood was edited out, and Mister Popa was blue. So I'm like, crap! You know, I just bought four or five sets, and it's all you know, no, kidified. Uh, Brian, I've been when, wa- I've been watching it on Nicktoons, and like they they do edit out a lot of the blood on Nicktoons, but the DVDs aren't edited. Um, on the Blu-ray, yeah, it's unedited. Like all the blood that is there, and Mr. Popo's black as a coal train. So <laughs> everything was right in the world again. Come Come Lord, come Also, the other thing I was going to say, Brian, that that you seem to have a better time with uh, is thanks to uh, you know, I guess what PS3 Blu-ray technology. Like sometimes it doesn't always work with me. I think if like you switch discs, it like loses the the marker. But it seems like if you use like the same disc. It'll you know put a marker on it and remember where you left off. So like you know, yep. it's not like a case of where you you know like it's kind of like when you read a book and you don't like bookmark the chapter you left off at, and then you're like, oh screw me, I've got to like start from chapter one or whatever. You know, it's kind of like a little bookmark on you know your you know because because sometimes anime, I mean you know especially with all these these uh, series you know like Inuyasha and Bleach and naruto and dvz you know that have like hundreds and hundreds of episodes you know unless you're watching it you know on tv on a weekly basis where it's kind of served to you you know like you know in installments you know when you when you have to manage that yourself sometimes you know it's easy like you're saying to lose track of things so it kind of helps when when the you know the hardware does it for you you know yeah i do appreciate that yeah definitely Good idea from Derek there, in case you guys get into it. Because, yeah, it is a long series, so don't fool yourself. 
Gohan is going to eliminate his own father. Good, I don't have to. Don't worry about your son. I promise I'll take care of him. You aren't going to be around to protect him. Actually, some of you guys were mentioning during the uh, favorite releases, some of your favorite movies, too, that got dubbed and how they were translated, which, oddly enough, is the next uh, topic we were going to bring up. Favorite DBZ movies. DBZ movies are kind of an interesting creature. A lot of them have a lot of references to the show, but they also kind of go off on their own little tangent and, you know, have their own little storylines. But at the same time, they're still, more often than not, very entertaining. If nothing else, there's a lot of fights in them because they are shorter. They try to pack a lot more action into them. And also, on the downside, though, you don't get as many characters sometimes because they usually focus on Goku and Krillin and Gohan. And you might see Piccolo, but you don't see the biggest, ca- bigger cast like you do in the show. However, at the end, though, the main point is they're just fun little romps. So we're going to talk about, like, our favorite DBZ movies. Let's go with I, – I, I went with Mike last time. I know Derek and everybody's seen a bunch of them, so I'm just going to go with Derek and start you off. What's your favorite uh, DBZ movie? Well, uh, real quick, my my favorite DBZ movie is probably going to be Movie 9 because as opposed to, like, every other DBZ movie that's out there, it doesn't end with Goku, like, kicking everybody's ass and saving the day, um, <laughs> which is mostly what happens. It's basically there's a big bad, big bad shows up, and, like, people were saying before, Vegeta, Piccolo, you know, whoever, they unload their, unleash their, you know, super mega, super attack, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. Goku shows up. <laughs> you forgot all the smoke clearing. Right, right. Smoke clears. <laughs> they go, oh, my God, how can this be? They're standing there with a grin. No, and so, you know, and, it, you know, obviously movie nine's not all that different. There's lots of, uh, you know, strings and funky stuff coming out of uh, BoJack or whatever. And, you know, yeah, there's lots of, oh, my gods, how can this be? But for me, at least, I, you know, I did Gohan, and that's, you know, at least... You know, yeah, Goku's spirit had to, like, give him a pep talk or whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's Gohan who kicked Bojack's ass. So uh, I'll, I'll go with that for my, my favorite movie and maybe pull a uh, a mic and just give an honorable mention to uh, what I like to call movie 14. But it's uh, it's the, you know, the remake of the Dragon Ball, you know, movie or whatever. I guess they call it the Path to Power in the Funimation dub. But I, I've always liked the animation for that. It's a little more updated kind of tweak on the, you know, original Akira Toriyama thing. And if you don't want to sit through, like, 50 episodes of Dragon Ball, if you just watch that movie, like, you're, you know, you're pretty you're pretty good with knowing how things, you know, how things started rolling and, you know, what what was the deal with Goku and Bulma and Yamcha and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then the only other thing I wanted to add was, uh, in regards to DBZ movies, you, you will never convince me that any of them are in continuity. And I know that, that some people are like, well, wait, you can count movie one and movie nine and movie 13 kind of fits or, you know, whatever it is. But like with me, my, my head explodes. It's like, it's just another, to me, I'm like, they're all just in a big giant alternate universe. So that's, that's my final word on that. Derek. <laughs> That way lies madness. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, because to me, I'm like, you start thinking about it, it's like, well, wait, movie one can fit, it happens before. And I'm like, no, because go, 
Han isn't introduced to fucking Krillin. Like, Krillin doesn't remember the kid who pissed on his head, so it can't come before, <laughs> right? I'm like, you can't tell me that, you know? And then I know some people are like, well, what about, I, I think it's like movie nine or whatever, and then I'm kind of like, well, you know what, though? He's wearing his father's, you know, gi or whatever, and that seemed to be, like, such a big deal in the Boo Saga and the series. And I'm like, well, he's wearing it in this movie. And I was like, you know, I know it's a little thing, but for me, like, you know, it's just, I can find little things to, like, you know, that in my own head, like, destroy the validity of, you know, why why they could conceivably snugly fit, you know, in between Cell and Boo Saga or, you know, whatever it is you want to, you know, try to place them into. But there's always, like, stuff like that where it just, you know, especially, like, the Krillin not remembering he got pissed on thing where I'm like, come on, dude, <laughs> you'd remember he got pissed on, you know. So. I don't know. There's a lot of urination in Dragon Ball. <laughs> Very important hot topic. Um, I was I was going to mention that uh, Derek. Like I said there's a lot of similar themes in the movies. Like as far as like you know they do have the DBZ feel, but yeah, if you try to fit them in, you can pick out one or two things. Like oh that fits, but after a while you're just going to want to bang your head against the wall, and it's just not worth the worth the effort. Just watch the movie and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> just forget yeah, just, it just, and just enjoy, enjoy the pretty Trump's animation. And- goat and, you know, eating dinosaurs, you know? Cause <laughs> they're why they're extinct. They ate all the dinosaurs. Yeah, see, goat and, goat and trunks just ate them all up. That's, 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 <laughs> that's why it makes sense. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's, why, that's why Frieza knows what baseball is. <laughs> <laughs> totally learned it from the movies. <laughs> uh, what about you, Brian? What was your favorite uh, DBZ flick? In Derek's line of thinking, I have like four or five DBZ movies on DVD. But I don't really like watching them as I'm going through the series. Like, the only time I watch a DBZ movie is when I'm not watching DBZ, if that makes sense. Because it it doesn't fit, and it's, like, just so weird watching it. But, um, I don't know. Out of the ones I have, probably the one I like the most is uh, Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan or whatever. And mostly just because it doesn't... Broly got his toe stubbed by a crying (laughs) Goku. Well, I was going to say, it doesn't really mess with mainstream continuity very much except that it adds you know that goku is a whiny little baby and piss other sayings <laughs> off but uh i don't know it's just a good action movie a lot of good animation and um like back when i was first getting into dbz there was uh someone posted like an evanescence amv and they used broly footage so as i was like whoa that movie must be awesome so <laughs> <laughs> it's evanescence come on <laughs> yeah well, what, what about you michael what was your favorite flick I guess I have to cheat a little and say I like the Bardock special, which technically isn't a movie. It's more they aired it on TV, I think. The Bardock special is probably my favorite thing from DBZ, like period. I think it's just a great, you know, little movie thing. Um, if I have to stay in the lines, though, I'd probably agree with Derek and say that Movie Nine is my favorite, just because, yeah, like uh, Piccolo is my favorite character, but. Gohan's probably my second favorite character, and that's that's pretty much his movie. And uh, you know, it has the tournament atmosphere, like which like kind of harkens back to like classic Dragon Ball. Like I, I like that whole tournament setup at the beginning, and you know, uh, I, I like it starts off with like Krillin in the tournament, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna win this and get a lot of money, and then like he sees like Piccolo and Gohan and Trunks all there, and he's like, oh crap, I'm not gonna win, am I? Um, I also like uh, movies 12 and 13 just because they have really, really nice animation, like exceptional animation, especially 13. Like uh, just uh, everything looks beautiful in those movies. 
You know, like, I, I I have affection for, like, all 13 movies, like, even the bad ones, but, like, I could say something nice even about, like, you know, the Bio Broly one, even though that sucks. Like, terrible. Well, no. Mike, Mike what's, what's the good thing about Lord Slug? Um, it, it has, it has my favorite Piccolo kill of all time when he, like, that guy, like, reaches out to him and he, he, like, extends his hand like he's gonna take his hand and he just keeps going all the way to his face and just shoots him in the face. (laughs) Okay, good job. Yeah, but, uh. I, I also like that, that like, uh, the reunion special they did, like, in 2008 or 2009. Uh, like, it's like Goku and his friends return. I think that one was really funny. And it had, like, some of the old Dragon Ball, like, humor and stuff. And uh, uh, it was nice. Everyone had their, like, little moment to shine and whatnot. That, that, I really enjoyed that uh, a whole lot. Also, um, like, a lot of people seem to – do you guys like Tree of Might? The third movie. That's one of the ones I have on DVD, actually. I like everyone seems I like to Game love stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that one's great. Everyone seems to love that movie, but I think that's like the most boring movie. I don't know. Like it just seems <laughs> like you know, Goku. There's a tr- like they they're having a barbecue. Then like you know the the forest burns down. Then you know then there's a tree growing. Then they go and they all get beaten up. And then there's more shots of the tree. Then Goku makes a spirit <laughs> bomb, but it doesn't work. Then there's more shots of the tree. And then, like, Goku makes another spirit bomb, and that doesn't work. Then there's more shots of the tree growing. And then, like, you know, it just seemed boring to me, but... I don't know, I just... You didn't enjoy the camping scenes with Krillin and Roshi? (laughs) You know, I dig dig, uh, Roshi in the movie before, where he's like, You want to see how tough I am? Oh, yeah, yeah, in the second movie? Yeah, that was good. (laughs) He's fighting the the robot or whatever. Damn you, Jackie Chun. Um, But, uh... It's Krillin's karaoke and, uh... Is that Broly? Yeah. Movie I always eight. laugh at that, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and say mine, just because mine will probably be the one people make fun of the most. Because I haven't seen a lot of the movies. I usually see the ones that get released over here on like DVD. I like, pick them up and rent them, or I'll buy them for like, two or three bucks and sell them at some point. But and it's not because it's really a good movie, and I don't know the numbering chronological order, so I'm just going to say the title as it was over here. But like the Re- Re- Revenge of Cooler was just so ridiculous that, I don't know, it just made me enjoy it, because it was just strange, you know, <laughs> it was like, I'm cooler, I'm Frieza's brother, from, like, you know, this point of time, that he said he, like, was the only one left of, like, his servants, or whatever, they just, like, they totally threw Cooler in there, because they're like, you know what, kids love Frieza, so they're gonna love Cooler, <laughs> you know, not a great movie, but I don't know why. I just have some weird affection for it. I don't know. I I, I do like that movie because it's one of the few like last times where being a Super Saiyan is actually like special. You know, like Goku like you know gets the dead bird and brings it back to life and stuff when he's a <laughs> Super Saiyan, and like Cooler yeah. can't touch him anymore when he goes Super Saiyan. It seemed like that was like the last point in DBZ when like being a Super Saiyan like was special anymore. Mm. Yeah, later uh, on they're like Super Saiyan Four. <laughs> uh, I'll back you up, Tony. I always liked the uh, the first Cooler movie, and I, actually I like Cooler a lot more than Frieza, to be honest. I just think he has like a better you know overall look, and he's like yeah, not as annoying. Yeah, he definitely looks cooler. Yeah, he look he looks cooler, looks cooler. <laughs> he's, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have the a uh, you know weird androgynous voice either. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely tell. Is, is that your favorite, Justin, or or do you have a different one? 
Uh, my my favorite would probably be movie twelve. I think that's the first movie I watched. You know, like over here we had, you know, you had the ocean dub up to where Goku got dynamic, and then it would cycle through the first three movies. Like they would do episode versions of the first three movies. I think the first movie I saw after those three was uh, a poorly dubbed version of movie twelve, and I just like it just completely blew me away. I was like, man, the animation is so much better, and like, oh, Goku and Vegeta fuse, and they're fighting this kind of weird fat guy, and then the fat guy gets all badass, and you know, Trunks and Goten become uh, Gotenks, and they're fighting Hitler. <laughs> like that always. Me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good. Funny. Yeah, and I, Gohan gets to kill Frieza. Yeah, with like one punch to the stomach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll back up Mike and Derek. I really like movie nine too. Like I, I always like Gohan a lot. Like Gohan reminds me a lot of myself because like Gohan, it would be like as a kid, you know, he's kind of quiet, but then he'll like he'll suddenly go into a rage, and then like he's like fighting free, and then he comes out of it, and he's like, oh, what did I do? And then like as a as he gets older, you know, he's kind of the bookworm and all that. Like that, that kind of reminds me a lot of myself. So I've always liked Gohan, and I really like movie nine. And I, and I think Mike will back me up. The absolute best is the plot to destroy the Super Saiyajin. <laughs> yes. Grudge has... amplification device. <laughs> yes, nothing beats the grudge amplification device. <laughs> Just so uh, to to uh, educate any listeners who might not know what the hell me and Justin are talking about, this was like an OVA released with a video game in Japan. It was, like, super rare for a long time, and then, like, they just, like, reanimated it and remastered it and released it with the, the latest uh, DBZ fighting game, uh, Raging Blast 2, and, like, it's on that disc as an extra, and it it's a pretty standard uh, DBZ movie, you know, like, the, it's got, like, you know, the standard plot where there's something wrong, what's wrong, well, that's wrong, well, let's go fight it, okay, then we win. Then we win. <laughs> but at least it has some pretty animation. Yes, it had re- very nice animation. How sad to work so hard for so little. Sad for you! I guess we can go into our kind of, if you want to call it, hater topic. I call it someplace cold. And usually it's where we just pick something we really like, but there's just something we don't like about a certain thing. A lot of fans agree with us on this, though. Not too many people really like GT. It's Grand Tour. And young Goku with, like, Pan traveling around the universe doing stuff. I don't know. It was like, I, I really just couldn't get into it. I tried to watch a couple episodes. I watched like the first part of the baby saga and all that. But there's people who've seen a lot more than I have and probably hated a lot more. I think I'll start with somebody who I'm not actually sure what his opinion is as far as how negative he is. Uh, Justin, what really kind of chapped your hide about Dragon Ball GT? Well, one of the big things, and, and Derek has already mentioned this, is the... Uh, the poning of Gohan, that's one big thing I don't like. Like I am uh, like I said before, I'm a big Gohan fan, and he seems to be pretty useless in Dragon Ball GT. Even though he was, you know, like the most powerful person in the universe for all of three episodes in Dragon Ball Z before Goku had to come in and save the day. But uh, other than that, like, I don't know, GT just... It just feels really weird. Like, I don't really like a lot of the character designs, and uh, maybe Mike can answer this. Like, did, did Toriyama design, like, most of the main characters? Toriyama actually did the initial round of character designs and stuff, and he even came up with, like, the concept for the series. Like, you know, uh, go back to adventuring with young Goku and stuff. But other than that, he had nothing else to do with the series. Hmm. Like, I, 
I, I hate that design for Vegeta where he's got a mustache and he's like shaved off part of his hair like he has a flat top. I just like uh, I, I hate that. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I really hate the design for Super Saiyan 4. It looks really stupid to me. I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, I agree with you on that. Like I don't I don't have a problem with you know getting back to more like a Dragon Ball feel where they're just like you know out having you know random adventures and looking for Dragon Balls, but just I don't know, like, the Baby Saga seems to be more, like, shades of, like, Majin Vegeta. Like, they were just like, oh, Majin Vegeta was popular. Let's have another character who can possess everyone. We'll be all evil. And then they have, like, Super Android 17. And, like, I don't know, I just can't believe that, you know, it was Dr. Jiro's big plan all along that, uh, you know, Android 17 was going to be more powerful than Cell. Like, that's that just seems like really weird fan fiction to me. <laughs> I think I think the path with GT to me, like what what you guys mentioned about Toriyama having some input in the original course of it, was like the stuff that I didn't mind watching. Like I remember watching those those grainy fan subs of GT, and so I you know I was like, oh okay, this is you know Goku gets turned into a little kid, which is kind of weird, but okay, I'll go along with that. It's kind of going back to that. You know, like you're saying, the original Dragon Ball vibe. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. Gohan didn't have the opportunity to get pwned while Goku is just hanging out with his daughter and Trunks. They're off, you know, in outer space. And, you know, to be honest, as much as people might get annoyed by, you know, Kiru Kiru or whatever, you know, like, I didn't even mind the little stupid robot. You know, I was kind of like, I could kind of get behind that. It's like Dragon Balls, but it's on a interstellar level and i think space is cool so like i could kind of get behind that but after that first initial kind of dragon ballish arc wrapped up it's like after that then they started going into you know golden monkeys and like you're saying the <laughs> super 18s and all that other stuff it just seemed like one really long shitty dbz fanfic movie where you knew goku was gonna kick ass at the end you know, and it just kind of was like a really long, epically dragged out kind of movie. And, I mean, the the only other good things I can say about it is in between that, at least in the, the Super 17 thing, I remember hearing about, like, oh, dude, there's some cool stuff where, you know, dead villains come back to life. And, you know, or they like, you know, they're in the underworld and stuff. And somebody had said to me that that happened with Haiku Han. You know, that little filler arc where, you know, Goku's in the, you know, spirit tournament with Paikuhan and you're going to see some, you know, and I kind of watched that and I was kind of disappointed because I watched the grainy fan subs and I'm like, oh, yeah, Paikuhan says bitch and shit at the thing or whatever he says. Like, <laughs> in the movie. I remember, that. you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, and so I'm watching this thing and I go, OK, I remember Paikuhan. He's a pretty funny guy. He curses at bubbles and shit. And like, but then I watched it. And I was like, eh, nobody really came back, you know, I, I don't know, whatever picture of it I had in my head that seemed really cool, like some kind of underworld unleashed made up of, you know, Cell and Frieza and Nappa and shit like that, it just didn't come to pass. Like, that's what I had in my head. And then when they finally got to Super 17, I was kind of like, oh, shit, like, this is kind of kind of what I had in my head when I was going to watch that other filler. So, like, that I can at least be sort of positive about in the sense that I was, I was like, oh, wait, they, they do fight, you know, Underworld, you know, Cell and Frieza again and stuff like that. And there's that one scene where, 
you know, I, I think he's still mustache Vegeta. You know, he meets up with Nappa again and stuff like that. So, like, that kind of stuff I thought was kind of interesting, at least. But most of the other stuff, like, you know, the, the Zaru gold apes and all that kind of shit, I just, you know, like, the, the stuff that bothered me the most was I always used to call the guy, I, I can't remember what his name is, but I always used to call him the Carbonite Man because I thought he turned everybody into, you know, Han <laughs> Solo and Carbonite with his touch, you know, where he made them all kind of silvery looking. And I'm like, what? Carbonite Man owns Gohan? I'm like, oh, fuck that, you know, like... I always was like pissed off about stuff like Derek, that. Derek, his his dub name at least is General Rildo, and I cannot say that name without <laughs> thinking General Dildo. So, so yeah, it's even worse. You're like General General Dildo owns Gohan. You know, you're like he, he takes him right up the you know, hoo ha, hoo ha. Because you did jump in there. Was that the only thing he kind of really disliked, or was there other facets of GT that just did not really float your boat? Oh, oh I've got a list. Yeah, let, let let Mike go to town. I think yeah. I think I said my piece on GT. That's okay. cool. I was, I was going to wait because I knew Mike had a, a whole shitstorm. So, but if everybody's eager to hear it, Mike, just let it go. Okay. Well, I've got some interesting, almost counterpoints to Derek, but um, you know, his points are no less valid. But uh, I'm just I'm just going to say this is going to be like a different perspective almost. But I don't mind that whole like search for the Dragon Ball type plot line. But like even watching Dragon Ball, that stuff kind of always bored me. So like when GT like I watched GT like fan subbed first, like that's when I first like started like downloading stuff on the Internet. So I just watched like all GT there. And uh, that first stuff, like, kind of bored me. Like, I was like, okay, blah, blah, they're going to find the Dragon Balls. And then when it finally got to, like, DBZ stuff, it's kind of like Derek said. It was just kind of like, you know, bad fanfic DBZ. And then I was like, oh, now I kind of want to go back to that first stuff where it might have, you know, with all the build-up and stuff, but it didn't live up to that. Then, like, Derek was saying, like, you know, the Super 17 saga with Frieza and Cell coming back. And, like, initially I thought that was going to be cool, but, like, Frieza and Cell kind of turn into a joke there. I mean, like, at, at, at that point, technically, like, you know, based on everyone's, like, power level always going up and whatnot, I guess technically they should be a joke. But, you know, you know Frieza and Cell just, like, Goku just, like, he's a little kid and he just runs rings around them and he, like, jokes with them. And, you know, Frieza throws, like, the energy disc at him and Goku jumps on it and starts surfing on it and stuff. And I'm like... <laughs> Dude, you know, this is Frieza, you know, and, and Cell, like, they, they were, like, your biggest villains ever, and you're just, like, kind of joking with them, and, you know, Cell has to suffer the indignity, uh, like, there's a point where Cell absorbs Goku through his tail, and then he suffers the indignity of having to craft Goku out. Like, and like, e even losing to a filler mort like Paikuhan isn't that bad, you know? He had to crap a little spiky turd out. I mean, th that just kind of made me, like, angry. I'm like, come on, Cell's just like a friggin', you know, clown now. He's like my favorite DBZ villain, and he's just, you know, not getting the uh, love. That kind of ties into, like, uh, what Derek was saying about, like, Goku fan aura. It seems like in that series, if you're not Goku, you're a chump. So, it's like... But but you are a chump if you're not. I, I know, I know. I know. I'm just <laughs> no, 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 but I'm just, I'm not even, I don't even believe that. But I just think it's funny because that's, that's what it seems like when, when it got to a certain point where people were writing the stuff, especially like the guys who write the movies and the GT and stuff. It was just like, oh, wait, wait, you're not Goku? Oh, okay, you, you, you get knocked out now. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, 
but it, it just it seemed to kick into a higher gear like in GT like uh like I thought initially like turning him into him into a kid was kind of like a way of like hobbling him a bit so he could like you know go on adventures and stuff but you know when like he has like some trouble with teleporting and then that's about it then he's like back to normal he can go like full super saiyan again and you know then he goes super saiyan 4 and golden 8 shit monkey whatever you know and I, I thought, like, turning him to the whole point of turning him into a kid again was to make him more, you know, like, relatable, I guess. Or, you know, he wasn't so he wasn't like, you know, almost like Superman and he couldn't, like, solve every problem. But like they, they there's that to an, to a like extent, but it's still like, you know, you still don't get the feeling that like he can't handle anything anymore. And, you know, that just kind of annoys me. Also, you know, at the end of DBZ, like when he left with Oob. You, you know, you could kind of justify that, like, he can just teleport back and visit his family whenever, but, you know, he leaves forever at the end of GT. Like, he just, and, like, he doesn't even tell anyone. It seems like kind of a dick move on his part. Like, you know, like, Chi-Chi and Goten and Gohan are just, like, figuring they're going to see him for supper that night, but he just leaves forever. Like, it, it, it just <laughs> seems like a real dick move on Goku's part. And, you know, you you can kind of, like, forgive his, like, you know, is kind of like, uh, you know how Goku is, is just like uh, attitude towards life. You can kind of forgive that to a point, but, you know, leaving your family and friends forever and not telling them just seems like a jerky thing to do to me. Well, I was already, like, pissed off that he left with Oob, you know? Like, not not that he did it, like, because I, I never thought of it like you did, where where you're like, oh, he can just instant transmission back home and visit and stuff. Like, the way I always took it was, like, he left, and then the next time you see GT, he's still fucking there, still fucking fighting with the guy and, you know, quote-unquote training. And you're just kind of like, you fucking ass. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, no wonder fucking Goten turned into a little lecherous fucking douchebag. Like, he had no father. Like, you know? Anyway. But that's just me. I getcha, yeah. I guess what softened that for me was, like, like in the first episode of GT, when, like, he goes back to his family, and they're just kind of like, oh, Goku's a kid now. Huh. Like, like it's not like, oh, my God, Dad, we haven't seen you in ten years. Oh, my God, what happened to you? It's just like, oh, hey, Goku, what the hell happened to you? Like, oh, like, like <laughs> we just saw you last week, and now you're a kid. But Doesn't, I, doesn't Chi-Chi, like, faint or something? Probably. Chi-Chi freaks out. Yeah. She goes ape shit, I think. And at the beginning, like, Goku says he hasn't seen his family in years. Or hasn't yeah. Seen okay. well, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it just it, it struck me when I watched it that, like, they were just kind of like, eh, whatever. Or, you know, Gohan at least was. But Gohan's always like, <laughs> he's like eh, whatever, dad. Whatever. He's just his dad being a deadbeat. <laughs> he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? At, at that point, you? yeah, I'm just like, Go, Gohan just doesn't care anymore. He's just like, whatever, dad. Whatever. But... <laughs> If you thought GT couldn't get any more bad, then Funimation dubbed it, and we got Step Into the Grand Tour, Grand Tour, Grand Tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I I still think Dragon Ball Evolution is slightly more embarrassing than GT, but, you know, it's it's not like... You know what was weird was when... Do you remember when they released that? Like, they didn't even start from the beginning. Yeah. Started, yeah, yeah. You know, they tried to... They tried to pull a Dragon Ball Z thing, you know, like, oh, we're going to start from where it, it gets good, quote unquote. You know, pretty much to me, it like skipped all the parts that I actually didn't mind 
watching about GT, you know, like straight into the <laughs> quote, quote, action, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, now we just start with all this shit, you know, like, which is just, you know, and then even, even like Vegeta too, to a degree, it's like they, they went into the whole, uh, you know, even though he needed the Bulma to make him a little, you know, uh, what is it, like an EMT from G.I. Joe or whatever to like bump him up to Super Saiyan 4, it's like they still kind of were giving him like the second, you know, the number two slot. And I always kind of thought, you know, to me, like it just made everybody else who, who turned into a super Saiyan, whether it was like Trunks or Goten or, or Gohan who, you know, before that, they always seemed to suggest that if you were a hybrid, you were more powerful than a regular Saiyan. But now it's just like, Oh yeah, they're just like diet Coke. They just (laughs) fall over, like whatever, like who cares? Like they're just, they, they can't, they can't grow uh, orange tails and turn into golden apes. So yeah, they're useless. You they're know, chumps. Like, oh, they're okay. chumps. Yeah, they're chumps. They kind of did that with DBZ too at the end though, because I remember like Goten or something like that, or maybe it was Trunks, one of them. I, mean, I could be faulty here. It hasn't been to watch it, but they like go Super Saiyan and like see the Vegeta or like you know Gohan. They're like, yeah, he learned that last week. Pretty cool, huh? You know. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but I mean, you know, Mike mentioned it before how, you know, the last time being a Super Saiyan was special to him was in, you know, one of those uh, cooler movies, you know, like, you know, or, 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 you know, you could say like, oh, going Super Saiyan 2 then became the special thing at the end of Cell or whatever. But, you know, after a while, it was like, well, wait, what, what are they even doing on GT? Are they going Super Saiyan? Are they going Super Saiyan 2? Are they going Super Saiyan 3? Can they not fuse anymore? Like... Well, I thought fusing was like making people badass. You know, oh, Goku and Vegeta are the only assholes who can fuse now. Like, you know, I think, that kind yeah, of thing. I think Trunks and Goten actually like talk about fusing at one point in GT, but they never do it, which makes you ask, why didn't they do it? You know? Yeah, why? Why not? You know, like because because then that would like actually, you know, cause you know some kind of problem where fan aura doesn't fix everything and like gohan goes like super saiyan in gt but i thought the whole point of his like upgrade at the end of z was that he didn't have to go super saiyan anymore to like access access power or whatever i don't know yeah to me like that that's the thing that pissed me off the most was because i thought the whole point of the end of dragon ball was that if he went super saiyan he'd blow up the whole fucking universe like (laughs) that was supposed to be like how powerful he was and then, you know, here in GT, it's like, oh, he's Diet Coke. He's like, you know, meanwhile, it's like, oh, wait, if he actually went like, you know, classic Coke, like the can would like explode and Coke would like, you know, envelop the whole universe like fucking, you know, anti-monitors, anti-matter or something, you know. But it's like, no, no, that doesn't happen. You know, like, I, I don't know. Anyway. Well, that's but, that's yeah, a nice that's... way to that's a nice way to think about it. The way I always thought about it was, um. I guess, like, the old Kai says something like, uh, oh, you don't need to go Super Saiyan, you know? That's just, like, you know, that's just a light show or whatever. Just, you know, power up like normal. I I always figured, you know, that power up just meant, like, he could bring forth his full power without having to, you know, so change into simple. anything, yeah. But, you know, that's a, your uh, view of that actually uh, is pretty is, is kinder to Gohan, probably. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's that's always how I kind of took it. But I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, I guess people could shoot it down one more or the other. Either way, it's like they don't have to look like, you know, they don't have to do the, uh, I guess they don't have to go to Abercrombie and Finch and buy their Super Saiyan hair or whatever, you know, <laughs> to look cool or something, I guess. 
Well, I, I just to balance out all this hate, there's a couple parts I like about GT, and I actually didn't mind how Piccolo died. Like, I just thought that was a kind of touching scene, and like right before that, when like he sees Goku and Goku's like trying to teleport off the planet, and like Piccolo gives him a little bit of energy to like do it, and he's like, "Dear son Goku, you can do anything, so just concentrate," you know. And, you know, he says goodbye to Gohan and so I thought that was kind of, like, cute. And he becomes, like, protector of hell and stuff like that. And uh, the other part I thought was really cool was, like, in the final battle, right before, like, Goku and Vegeta are fusing, and, like, their chump sons are all trying to fight the dragon <laughs> guy and whatever. And Goku, like, just takes a moment to say to Vegeta, isn't this awesome? You know, our son's fighting together. It doesn't get any better than this. And Vegeta's like, stop wasting time. I just thought that was a cool moment. But other than that, yeah, GT doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> a little bit of anger there, <clears throat> just a little. And, bit. and and all the all the bitches got wrinkles under their eyes. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel, Goku? I'm tired. <laughs> Been a long day. Uh, what about you, Brian? Did you? Want to unleash your? Well, hand how can I? How can I follow that? You know, it's like uh... a. <laughs> right. I don't know, going on after Jimi Hendrix or something. Um, <laughs> I I hadn't watched GT before my prep for this week. I'd seen like you know the box sets of Walmart and stuff, and I thought the ter- the the covers looked kind of crappy, so I I steered clear of it. Um, but I did watch like uh, at least the first episode this week in preparation for the show, and really you know it's kind of what I expected it to be and what everyone's saying. It's like. It just doesn't seem very good, and right off the bat, even the premise seemed seemed kind of stupid and forced to me, because like Goku gets changed to a you know a child, and he's just like, well that's okay, I'll just go get the Dragon Balls and wish myself back to normal, and it's like you can't, the the Black Star Dragon Balls are spread throughout the galaxy, so he's like, well okay, I'll just stay as a kid and grow into an adult. You can't in one year, <laughs> you know, Earth will explode if you haven't collected them. And it's like, okay, that's. That's pretty forced, you know, and like it also left me to wonder, like I haven't seen the end, so maybe it's answered, but even if they get the dragon balls back and wish again, like doesn't that just set the the destruction of the earth like another year down the line, <laughs> so I don't know I, I I didn't like what I'd seen so far, and I'm glad I don't have to watch anymore. That's a plot hole, too, the way that series starts um the dragon originally said it can't. Uh, affect people that have like a higher power than it so technically it shouldn't have been able to de-age Goku like uh, he wasn't able to uh, destroy the Saiyans when like you know Oolong asked him why don't we just ask the dragon to destroy the Saiyans and the dragon was like oh I can't they're more powerful than me so technically uh, he shouldn't have been able to de-age Goku yeah but that's just me putting on my nerd glasses. I'm sure there's an explanation why it could happen. Well, I mean, I, I guess you could argue that, that the, the way that wish is phrased has something to do with it. It's not like Pilaf wished to defeat Goku. He just, he just you know, basically wished him... Well, in a way, he does, because he says uh, something like, I wish you were a kid so I could beat you. And then yeah, but like, but see, he he, it's it's like that that monkey's claw shit where he doesn't realize what he's saying. Like he he thinks if he made him a kid again, he could beat him. But the the simple fact of the matter is, he never beat him up when he was a little kid <laughs> anyway. So all he's really wishing for is for things to be like, you know, they it, basically it's like a a Joe Quesada wish, you know, like oh things will be awesome if they were like 
what Spider-Man was back in the 70s. And <laughs> he makes the wish, and then it fucking doesn't work, you know? It's like, oh, everything's still fucking lousy and shit, you know? And wow. people are tattooing Green Goblin on their fucking butt cheeks. Or Goku whatever. used to beat Pew off without having pants on, so, I mean, really. <laughs> I think the science of the Dragon Balls is flawed. I want to <laughs> It's inherently flawed. I'm sorry, but it just is. I cannot be satisfied. <laughs> it's just bad science of mysticism. Ah, oh, fuck it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, Doctor Briefs is going to have words about bad science later. <laughs> nice. He's going to explain how bad science creates like photoshopped out cigarettes in the <laughs> stream or something. And how uh, Master Roshi's beer gets turned blue. Yeah. And Master Ro- Master Roshi never drinks beer. What? You want to see how soda? How much soda I drink? <laughs> And Goku only drinks sports drinks. And and eats dinosaur tails. Apparently yeah. that's cool. That's totally fine. That's fine. That's... But alcohol? No. No, sir. Gohan is a dinosaur speciest. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird if he's hanging out with Icarus, but he's eating dino tails. Like, that's got to be funny, right? Because Icarus must be, like, smelling that dino tail on his breath, being like, oh, shit, I better be good. <laughs> Who knows what the fuck this kid's going to do to me. Hey, Icarus stopped showing up after the Cell Saga, so, you know... Yeah, knows? they must have gotten hungry or some shit, because we never <laughs> saw him after that. <laughs> it's not like he was in GT, or I- Icarus wasn't in the little cutscene where Goku was getting his spirit energy, was he? Like, <laughs> you know, when they're trying to kill Boo, so... I think that's what Tien did to Chaozu. <laughs> he ate him. <laughs> well, he's always like, I didn't bring Chaozu. Why didn't you? Oh, he can't... <laughs> Uh, 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 bye! Solar Flare! <laughs> <Runs up there. laughs> like, a little-known fact was, like, Chaozu tastes like Tic Tacs or something. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to destroy you, Kakarot! Right, uh, we're going to go into a topic right now that I am not as familiar with because I haven't played a whole lot of DBZ games. I played, like, the first Budokai, and I think, I think that's about it. DBZ games are very prolific. You can get pretty much a DBZ game for anything, as far as the fights go. Uh, there's been a lot released. I am not even going to name all the titles. I'm just going to go to some of the guys on the Fan Holes podcast and see which ones they like the best. So, Brian, you're a pretty big gamer, so what was your favorite uh, DBZ game? Well, surprisingly, as big of a gamer as I am, I have not played any of the Dragon Ball video games. So I was going to default to, I think, Mike's played some. Um, okay. The closest I, I, think, I think, actually, Brian, you're probably a lucky, lucky... <laughs> gaming human being, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at Raging Blast Two, but I mean, I've, I've never tried it at all. So how much? How much did you get Raging Blast Two for, Mike? I forget. Uh, it, it was I. It was like fifty bucks used, so it's probably like still full price. Huh? Actually, okay. I think Amazon has it cheaper than that. I think it's like yeah. forty or something. I traded. I saw. I saw a copy of it like at GameStop, and it was only like twenty bucks. But I didn't. I didn't even like really look at it. So, and I traded in a lot of games for it. So, I I was just like, I just need a new game. Oh, this looks good. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, currently, Fanhole listeners, forty six ninety nine on eBay. I mean, uh, Amazon. Sorry. So. Nice. Cool. Pick it up if you guys want. If if Mike liked it, did you did you like it, Mike, or... Yeah. 
I liked it. Well, I should mention, like, when I was when I uh, pimp, when I pimped it, I guess like several several podcasts ago. Uh, I should mention, like, uh, I didn't do much research, and uh, I guess Budokai Three has a much much larger like character roster than Raging Blast Two. Like, I was just like, I was pretty surprised when I looked at it because it had like it has like Dragon Ball and GT characters mixed in too, and like Raging yeah, I was I I remember liking. Like, I remember enjoying, I rented Budokai 3, and I remember renting the first one and thinking, like, the control scheme of it was kind of lousy, but by the time they got to the third one, like, I thought it, all the kind of kinks and tweaks and, you know, what, whatever bugs were were around for that first Budokai, like, I thought the third one was pretty pretty decent. Yeah, I was, was going to say, like... Was Budokai originally, like, a original PlayStation game? Uh, PS2, the first one came okay. out PS2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was looking at some videos of Budokai 3, and it's actually very similar to Raging Blast 2. I guess, like, they just kind of refined the engine for Raging Blast 2. And uh, it's got actually a lot of the same supers and all that. So, like, Raging Blast 2 was basically, like, Budokai 5, almost. <laughs> okay. The only complaints I could really find were that it's pretty much the same, you know, game as previous versions, and all the, even, like, the huge roster is, like, everyone plays almost exactly the same, like, no matter who you pick. More or less, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's as it, as a Dragon Ball game, it's pretty awesome, but as a regular fighting game, it's, like, if that's what you're looking for, then you could pick a lot better. Like, it's, it's only a cool fighting game because it's Dragon Ball characters, basically. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what you you know, for me though, like uh, my basis of comparison uh, is and will always be like the first game I went out of my way to buy, which was back when there like pretty much were no Dragon Ball games out, you know, and we were buying you know ass wipe fan sub grainy tapes and stuff, and so all I could get was uh, was GT Final Bout, <laughs> which like I think I think. A friend of mine who saw me playing it sums it up perfectly where he saw the opening cutscene and the animation and went, whoa, that looks really cool, dog. And then, like, it cut to the the actual fighting, you know, the game part of it, and then he just went, oh, man, what happened, dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically, like... That's exactly like what what happened. Like, and so it's like it's totally disheartening because that fighting game has like the lousiest controls and like really shit animation and just. But it was like the only it was the only DBZ game out. Like I think at the time, and and so I ended up just you know buying it because I thought, oh well, maybe this will be cool, and like it totally wasn't. I was gonna say it was like just after the cutscene, Master Roshi just pops up. And he's like, used up all the power. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. No, I was going to say, Derek, didn't were you the one who said you you used to have the spring loader like yeah, the, the yeah. pull the PlayStation to play because that was the first DBZ game I played, a uh, Legends, I think it was called. Oh, was it the one where like you had like the the twenty two characters or whatever it was? I, I I forgot. It was the one with the balance bar at the bottom where you, like once you tip the battle in your balance, it went into like a little crappy thirty two bit like. Oh yeah 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 okay. Because my my friend had that and he was like, dude. Dude, I got a DBZ game from Japan, and I got to put this spring in my PlayStation to trick it into being, you know, into thinking it's yeah, you, Japanese. You used to have to like hook up like this. Um, for me, it was like a little blue 
attachment to the rear of the the PlayStation yeah. case, and then you had to put in a spring to keep the the lid of the PlayStation open while you like swapped out the disc because it's like the disc would start running and then it would you know your regular disc of like you know whatever game you had like Spider Man or you know some you know regular US game and then in the middle of sort of loading up and doing the spin it would stop. And then you just pop that disc out and put in the, you know, the Japanese disc, and then it would, you know, start playing the game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's I have, I guess, fond memories of that. Me and my friend, we used to. Yeah, I, come, I don't have any home. fond memories of that. I always <laughs> was trying to do the disc swap. I was like, "Fuck you, man! Work, work! <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? I got guests, you know." <laughs> <laughs> We want to play this crappy DBZ game, goddammit. <laughs> why won't, why yeah. won't you let us torture ourselves? Yeah, exactly. But uh, that was that was the first game I think I ever played big. And then, uh, you know, like I said, uh, the Budokai games we rented, and I, I did like the third one. And then recently, like, I, I had hoped maybe to be finished with the game by the time we did this podcast, but uh, stupid fucking mercenary Tao is giving me a bunch of shit in the uh, Dragon Ball Revenge of King Piccolo game for the Wii. Um, it's a pretty basic, like, sort of three-dimensional side-scrolling game, if you will. I know that doesn't really make any sense, but, you know, it's like, it looks, you know, it looks three-dimensional like most games today, but it's it's pretty much like a, almost like, a, I want to say like a Sonic game with, like, Goku, you know, like where you kind of run around on the different areas and, you know, you're beating up little, you know, wolf dog people and crazy people, you know, and Red Ribbon Army guys and robots and different things like that and kind of follows the whole semi-plot of, you know, the Red Ribbon Army and, you know, the original Piccolo arc, you know, before before he, you know, shits out Piccolo Jr. from his mouth or whatever. (laughs) You know, it does that kind of arc. But um, right now, um, uh, you know, most of it's like kind of typical rinse-repeat kind of gaming where, you know, you you beat up a bunch of bad guys, go through a stage, you know, you go through like two or three or four stages, and then you've got like some kind of boss, and, you know, you just kind of find the pattern and, you know, dodge the guy's tongue, you know, five times and then hit him or, you know you know, dodge, you know, this and that, and then hit them and stuff. So it should be pretty easy for me to beat up Mercenary Tau or General Tau or, you know, whatever the hell they called him in the other dubs. But the problem is, like, you you fight him pretty much have the pattern down of, like, round one, but then he gets to go into, like, a round two, and then all of a sudden it's like, if you don't, you know, it's like you have to, like, not get hit the whole time. Like, I, I might just have to go back, play some older levels, and, like, maybe level up Goku so that by the time I get to uh, the general, I have, like, a bigger health beater or something. Like, because there's got to be something I can do to, you know, because it's kind of a pain in the ass right now. But, so I don't know if that's, like, my favorite game. But, you know, it's like I was having fun playing, you know, the game for the most part until you get into, like, you know, some of those frustrating parts of it where you're just like, oh, fuck you, Tal, fuck you, you know, and you throw it down like the, you know, angry video game nerd or something. I should say, if you're like, if it, it's, is it going like by like the anime story, more or less? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Is it, you must, you, you must be only like halfway, like across. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, anywhere close to it because it hasn't even got. Yeah, if it ends with that. Piccolo, then like you probably yeah. still have to go and like kill the entire Red Ribbon Army or something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, I've pretty much taken out, like, a bunch of different guys. Like, I took out uh, Commander Blue and all these other idiots, so. 
that's cool though. Well, I I have to say like back when like when when I was a kid and I got the first PlayStation, like I went to like uh or uh, I think it was Babbage's, which doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, I and, remember like, Babbage's. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it does. I I don't. I think GameStop bought it or something. But um, yep. I, like I had a, I had the choice between Dragon Ball GT Final Bout or Super Puzzle Fighter. And uh, to this day, I think I made the right choice by picking Super Puzzle Fighter. <laughs> although I, I, although I could probably have sold GT for the like exorbitant amounts of money it went for for like years, like and gotten like. I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'm kind of curious because I've never, I've never played the American version of it. So, and this was before they really started dubbing all those characters. So I was kind of curious what they sounded like. You know. They, uh, I've seen, I actually looked that up once, and some of them have like uh, voice actors from like the '90s X-Men cartoon. Like huh. Vegeta's voice, I I, I swear. So, so does Vegeta like go like wins? Hear my <laughs> Yes, I I swear though, Vegeta's voice is a forge. Uh, like like he yeah he sounds like Forge from the '90s X-Men cartoon. He's like like, he, like they don't even like translate or. Like, Goku, you're such an asswipe. Go back into the time stream. <laughs> That's exactly no. He sounds like they don't even say words right. Like he's like uh, he's like, hey, do not mock the Saiyan tribe. <laughs> like, like, it's, a, it's a real bad dub, like for that game. But come to me, X chickens. <laughs> You'll yeah. pay for that. But yeah, I still oh. I I still play Super Puzzle Fighter today occasionally. So I think I made the right <laughs> choice. Money well spent. <laughs> uh, what about you, Justin? Are you a big DBZ gaming fan, or kind of like Brian, didn't really get into the DBZ video games? No, I've, I've played several. I, I had a similar experience with Final Bout that Derek had, where my brother came on one day, and he's like, I got a Dream, Dragon Ball Z game, I got a Dragon Ball Z game. I was like, all right, let's play it. And then, you know, after that uh, anime cutscene ends, and you actually play the game, we're like, oh... You know, we're just like so, <laughs> so depressed that you know he spent money on it. This is you know, the coolest thing that we got. Yeah, it was that, those were those were for us because uh, we we didn't even have the American version. Like th- those were import games, so it wasn't like it was cheap or anything either. Too, you know. So they're screaming at the TV. What happened? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Cable, <laughs> help me, Tyler. <laughs> we uh, we used to play uh. The first one for GameCube, I think it was just called Budokai. We used to play that quite a bit, and uh, my favorite move on it was, uh, you know, Mr. Satan slash Hercules, you know, present for you, where he gives you a uh, exploding Game Boy. <laughs> like, I always <laughs> used to do that move over and over. <laughs> he actually but, uh, announced it like, exploding Game Boy, exploding Game Boy. <laughs> I guess my favorite one is the last one I played, which would be uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 2. And I used to have that for the Wii back when I had a Wii, and I really enjoyed it. And it had a really good character selection. I eventually was banned from using uh, Gogeta and Adult Gohan because I was so good with them. So I had to like, you know, get good with like Goku or somebody else. I guess I guess if I played in your in your circles, they wouldn't want me to use my my three Sentinels in Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> pissed. I'd be, I'd be swearing my head off at you, yes. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, like, spamming, like, you know, stupid attacks, but I was just, like, you know, you would just be so good with that character. I was just, like, you know, 
completely devastate them. So it, everybody just kind of like came to me one day, and they're just like, "All right, we want to play Budokai Tenkaichi 2, but you can't use Gogeta or Adult Gohan." I was like, "But why not?" Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember getting like really good with Beast in the uh, Mutant Academy games. So like people were like, "Oh, dude, give Derek the Beast, and I'll kick this." We'll kick this guy's ass, you know? Yeah, I think everybody, everybody gets their character. Like, I remember on Street Fighter Alpha, I got to be, like, ridiculously good with uh, Sagat. And people were like, why you always pick Sagat? He's such a cheesy motherfucker. You corner monkey. They're like, <laughs> corner monkey. <laughs> you, sir, are a corner monkey. Like, around the, around the same time as when, like, Super Smash Brothers Brawl came out, and we all were like really into that too. So uh, I got to be really good with what's the Pokemon's name, Lucario. Like, oh, yeah, I, I think oh, oh yeah. I got to be really good with him, and they eventually banned me from using him as well. So maybe, <laughs> I, just, maybe I just played with a really, you know, uh, with a group of sort losers or something. <laughs> They're like, Justin, you get to be Yamcha. I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, Yamcha's pretty good in Raging Blast too. Oh, he is. <laughs> oh yeah. He gets to use the Wolf Fang Fist! <laughs> wolf Fang Fist! <laughs> you know, that that brings up something I always thought was weird. Like, he never uses that attack in Dragon Ball Z at all. Like, he used it in that, you know, special Goku and his friends return, but he never used it in Dragon Ball Z. I always thought that was kind of odd. I guess the the ability to punch with the strength of a wolf is secondary to the ability to fire a blast that destroys mountains. <laughs> well, huh? It's a really strong wolf, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yamcha, he was just destined to be, I don't know. He he got really friggin' nerfed in DBZ, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, after uh, your woman leaves you for some, some sand uh, man parts, you know, <laughs> gotta, that's got to do a number on your uh, psyche. He's, you know? he's still got poir. <laughs> um, Shape-changing floating cat. I mean, can you think of the possibilities there? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into wow. that. That furry To me, that's like reading those uh, early Kyle Rayner comics where he's Green Lantern and he's like creating, creating like green constructs of like you know green maid women who are like cleaning up his apartment. I was just like, huh, that's that's really weird. That's a little creepy. Uh, Late night discussions of like, come on, Poir, just turn to Bulma one more time for me. Yeah, I just want, I just want some natural science fiction shit like Triplicate Girl. You know, that's it. <laughs> Normal shit. God, like I'm not cheating on you. It's the same person, just three of you. I don't really have a whole lot to add to the video game discussion because I've really only played one for any. Long I would time. like I was... to ask if one was to get a Dragon Ball Z video game, what would be the best according to the experts? Aha. Uh-huh. I, I don't feel like I'm an expert. Sounds like that the the, the Raging Blast game is cool because at least you get that little video that that uh, Mike and Justin were talking about. Yeah, you know, Raging Blast. Is two that is a Raging data. Blast two or the first one? Oh, uh, the the second one, no, okay. number two. Yeah, that's the that's the most current game. I should mention though, uh, Dragon Ball Ultimate Tenkaichi is coming out in October in the U.S., which is the next DBZ game, which seems to use the same engine and just has better graphics. And they haven't really elaborated on the like the character roster, but you know it, it should at least equal Raging Blast 2, I'd figure. 
I like I I've only played the first Budokai, but Budokai three looked like it uh it has the high the biggest character roster and it has like similar gameplay to Raging Blast too. So that I did I did enjoy playing Budokai three. I mean I know that's a PS two game and not you know something you know current generation, but but I, I when I rented it back in the day, I remember you know enjoying myself at least. Does like the Budokai series have any like a uh, storyline to it? I think I think it's like Street Fighter, like where it's character specific, isn't it? Because like I I, re- I remember playing with like Gohan, and it got up to the point where like I was fighting Cell as like the last guy. I thought if, if I'm remembering that correctly, I, I can't remember. I think so. I think they do like other like weird stuff where it's like you'll get like some kind of alternate take on the storyline. Like if you're Krillin and you do something, you know, like Krillin somehow beats Cell and saves the day or something. But I can't exactly remember. <laughs> Yeah, I know one of the Budokai games has, like, that what-if thing. The Raging Blast 2 doesn't have, like, a story mode. It just has, like, yeah, character only, like, moments. Small. Yeah. Like, if you put certain rivals against each other, they'll have, like, special dialogue and whatnot, but... Yeah, that's what Could, I read. So. Can, you, can you do anything with the Raging Blast games? Like, if I bought it on PS3 and Brian bought it on PS3, could we, like, fight each other on yeah. it? Yeah, I, I played Raging Blast 2 online got my ass kicked because I haven't had it for very long and everyone knows what to do but I barely know what to do yeah, that's that's what normally happens to me if I ever go online I had to I had to like just get my little trophy in Mortal Kombat versus DC I had to like fight with a guy like 40 times and then that like 41st time he was like so mad that I beat him <laughs> and I'm like oh I got my trophy all right bye dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it well, seems like not- every t- time I played uh Budokai Tenkaichi 2 online, some guy who would always be Goku would always beat me, but, you know, if other video games like Super Smash Bros. Brawl, like, you know, it'd be pretty even, like, you know, I wouldn't lose that often. Well, I hate, like, every, like, if you know how to play, instead of, like, like, everyone plays to win online, so it's, instead of, like, doing high-paced, like, close-up fighting that looks like DBZ, everyone, like, flies all the way to the end of the screen and just bombards you with beams and stuff, and you're like, come on, dude, this isn't fun. <laughs> That's what like I pick I pick like Goku and like Gogeta and like people who have like the instant transmission so I can just go right next to them whenever I want. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty fun, yeah. You guys don't mind unless you want to talk any more about the uh, DBZ games. I was going to go ahead and just kind of wrap up for this uh, week with our uh, awesome thing in the universe segment. You guys, if you listen to this podcast, you know what this is. We just tell you about what we like right the, right now this week, what's kind of making us happy. I will go at random again. It's been a random kind of night. We'll go with uh, Justin. What's your awesome thing this week? Well, uh, I just uh, finished a book called uh, River of Doubt, Theodore Roosevelt's Darkest Journey. And it's a uh, like a his- historical account of his journey down part of the Amazon River and how it almost uh, led to his death and to the death of his son. Pretty much like he – after he loses the election in 1910 or 11, I believe. I'm not exactly sure, but he gets really depressed, and he just decides to you know go around the world, and he decides to go down part of the Amazon that's never been explored. And he takes his son with him, and he lets one of his friends who is a priest like – make all the provisions and everything and this priest is really ridiculous he makes them like bring silly stuff like you know, tea and mustard along the stuff they don't need and you know they eventually <laughs> like 
they're always afraid of getting attacked by uh, you know South American Indians, and they they eventually like almost starve to death. And one of their people that's carrying their supplies ends up killing another person. So it was a really interesting book. Interesting. How about you, Derek? What's something kind of cool over there in your part of the uh, country? Well, uh, I'm just going to plug something because I was in it, and it's actually on sale now at Amazon. So I was kind of like surprised something's actually on sale that that uh, a movie I was in, uh, which is uh, Caesar and Otto's Summer Camp Massacre. And so uh, I'll, I'll send you guys the Amazon link or whatever. But basically, it's uh, you know it, it's not to be taken seriously. It's kind of like making fun of, you know, I guess if you think of the characters Caesar and Otto, like Abbott and Costello, kind of meeting the Wolfman, but instead the idea was to, you know, have them be set in these kind of, you know, slumber party massacre, you know, you know, camp, you know, <laughs> you know, Crystal Lake type setting, you know, so that that's supposed to be the basic idea. You know, I play one of the camp counselors or whatever in the in the thing and stuff like that. So I'm on screen for, you know, maybe I don't know, probably like ten or twelve minutes. I don't know, not, not probably not too long. I've got like That's a little still cool. log, stuff like that, but um, it's it's fun, you know. Like the the guys who made it are good guys and everything, and they would ask me to come back out and be in you know other follow up movies that they did, you know, with this kind of you know franchise that they're trying to do with these characters, Caesar and Otto. Um, so yeah, it was fun, and uh, I got the email the other day, or I think it was on Facebook, where they you know they. Uh, linked to, uh, you know, a picture of the DVD box to let everybody know that the film's going to be released, and so you can order it on Amazon. I guess it, it comes out October 4th, 2011, but I'm just going to say it this week because that's that's when I found out about it, and yeah, it's pretty awesome, so, yeah. Cool. You guys can see fan holes, regular Derek on the, well, small screen since you'll be watching on DVD, but still. More unless unless you have a big-ass TV. Yeah, all right. <laughs> But still, yeah, that's definitely pretty cool. I might like uh, pick that up, you know. Damn um, you, Derek, being successful and handsome. Woo! Oh, gosh, <laughs> stupid, sexy Flanders. Um, uh, what about you, Mike? What's your uh, cool thing this week? I've just been watching uh, like reruns of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and I've just been <laughs> reminded of how much I like that show. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, like you know, they they take they usually take like a, a they do an interview with a celebrity. But then they, like, re-edit it for, like, you know, for the actual shows, and, like, Space Ghost, like, interviews them, but, like, the responses are all screwed up. And there's just been, like, one episode where William Shatner's on, and, like, like <laughs> Space Ghost is totally, like, just trashing him and stuff, and his, like, his, uh, his reactions are just great. Like, it, like, Space Ghost doesn't even care who he is, and he's like, uh, he's like, Bill Shatman, everyone! And then <laughs> and it's like, and William Shatner's like, but uh, don't you know who I am? I, I'm the space guy! Yeah? And, and uh, Space Ghost is like, I too am a spaceman, yeah. And he was like, uh, <laughs> William Shatner tries to like tell him like, oh, I was on Star Trek and all that, and uh, and like Space Ghost is like, and the show Space Trek is for stupid people, and <laughs> and he's like, uh, hey, 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 Bill, remember that Space Trek episode where your show got canceled? <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> uh, and you know, and then like like. William Shatner eventually like goes over to talk to Moltar like or to Moltar's screen and Moltar's like uh so uh 
uh, Michelle Nichols ever hit on you? And, like, Shatner does, like, some totally unrelated, like, can movement. Like, that was probably, like, totally unrelated when they really did the interview. But, but like, he just starts laughing, and Moltar's like, oh, bouncy, 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 bouncy. And I, I, I don't know, it was just funny. But, yeah, uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, yeah. That's what I like this week. Cool, cool. Um, what about you, Brian? Uh, what's uh, cool over there, sir? Um, this week is a video game for PlayStation 3. It's called Vanquish. Uh, it's actually an older game. Um, I was at Walmart one day, and I was by myself. The wife wasn't there, and I was looking at video games, and they had like three for 20 bucks, so I bought all three for $20 a piece. So um, anyways, one of them was Vanquish. Uh, the interesting thing about it, it's a Japanese first-person shooter. It's actually released by Sega. And for those that know video games, the Japanese never make first-person shooters, so it's an interesting concept. Being a Japanese game, you, of course, get a highly advanced suit of armor that helps you progress through the game. And um, <laughs> it's it's a lot more arcadey than any American FPS would be, like, at the end of each level. Like, first of all, it's very fast-paced, like, your suit has all these boost options and stuff, so you're like, sliding through the levels and taking cover, and you got rockets on your back. But um, at the end of each level, they kind of, like, grade you on the, the the time it took you to complete it, how many people you killed, how many people you saved, all this. So it's just a very fun game, very different than uh, the typical first-person shooter, so that's just what I've been playing this week. Cool, cool, awesome. Uh, mine's going to be kind of a throwback, I guess, something awesome, because we were talking about <clears throat> graphic novels earlier this week on uh, the Bot Talk board we go to that we frequent, and we're just listing a lot of graphic novels we had enjoyed, and it popped in my head Madman, which I uh, decided to pull out after not reading it for a few years, and it's a uh, comic by Mike Allred. Uh, it's just really good, goofy fun. It's kind of serious, not really some kind of deep issues every once in a while just kind of come up as far as existentialism like you know like who who are we what are we here but it's always portrayed in a very light-hearted kind of i I won't i don't want to say friendly because there is actually some odd violence in it but it's portrayed in a campy kind of way i guess you would say uh it's basically like it feels like a comic book i mean it's yeah exactly yeah it's got a nice feel to it i mean at least at least back then i think because everybody was so into this whole I don't know, there, there's a lot of those, you know, whatever you want to call it, like grim and gritty and, and kind of, I don't know, s- s- hyper-realism type scenarios placed onto, you know, whether it's superheroes or even other genres in comics. But, you know, Madman just kind of seemed like, you know, hey, this is Ginchy, woo! You know, like... Yeah. And even the art style is like that. The art style is really good, but it's, it's still really clean. You don't see a lot of cross-hatching or, you know... You know, ridiculously gritty things where everybody's like, you know, I just killed seventy four men. Blood's like trickling. Not a, Jim Lee's not doing his. I need to take a shit grimace pose. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, yeah, it's good. I mean, as far as the word I was going to use that I think just popped in my head is quirky. Madman is a very unique character. But if you want some fun comics that are a little bit off the norm and you never have read it, nah, I suggest pick it up. I liked it. Madman is cool. Hmm. I, I've never read Madman, but like a certain other internet celebrity I won't mention, it's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in the 90s, every wizard I picked up was telling me to read Madman Mad yeah. and Milk and Cheese. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll get to it someday. Calm yourself. 
I was actually back when Wizard actually had an opinion instead of just like, I love Wolverine. Look at that. Jeff Johns. Let's just go suck him off right now. Whoa. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, I like. I don't have a problem with Jeff Johns. It's just that Wolverine. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, you reminded me of like uh, Avengers Assemble, you know, like I was afraid you're going to start <laughs> demanding no teeth and all kinds of stuff, flexing your pecs. <laughs> <laughs> My oddly misshapen pecs that I got from Rod Liefeld. <laughs> to me, my pouches. <laughs> Remember, kids, send your angry emails to panelspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of, of emails, uh, I, I'm just going to announce the the contest winner for our our first big contest or whatever, and uh, that the uh, the free swag is going to be sent to uh, Tom Spielman. He's one of the, our newest uh, Facebook followers. So uh, thanks for signing up and listening to the podcast. And, uh, you know, go ahead and you can email us or, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. But, you know, get us an address so that we can send you out your stuff. Yeah, Tom's actually been quite conversational on our uh, Facebook page, at least. And anyone that wants to join us in conversation, check check out our Facebook page and we'll converse with you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we don't just exist one day a week, folks. We're always around the internet somewhere, so we have no problem talking to new fans. Are we still holding the Nanny Marilla one, or are we just going to combine them and just send him a bunch of free swag? Yeah, I think I think we're combining it. All right, no problem. So, Tom, Tom, you are the big, big winner. It's your lucky it's day, like bud. It's like your cyber shredder or something, and you just, like, unlock the secrets of the internet. So. Life's all downhill <laughs> from here. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your mystic upgrade. <laughs> You've learned achievement, free shit. An, an, old, an old man danced around you for 24 hours. But, but sadly, ten episodes from now, you will be rendered useless to us. <laughs> you, you will have Diet Coke Super Saiyan syndrome. <laughs> you will become a chump. Super Saiyajin. Baka! <laughs> You don't know my true power. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, man. Well, that that right now would be our DBZ episode for the week. Unless uh, there's anything you want to just say that didn't really fit in the topic. Any random love or maybe even a Haiti, Haiti not friendly thing for DBZ or think you guys got all out of your system. You want to see how tough I am? <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, Justin? You pretty good, sir? I am ready to move on to the next dimension. All right, excellent. Uh, if you guys get a chance to watch DBZ, if you haven't seen it yet, dear Lord, it's everywhere, so get a chance. And you'll actually know what we're talking about. You have seen Start it? with Kai if you can. That's good. Yeah, Kai's really good. I, that gets my recommendation as well. Or, you know, if you if you want to wait for uh, uh, level 1.1 and 2.1 and stuff, that's, that's going to be coming out in October as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, I suggest anybody who does pick it up, start from the beginning or you're going to be incredibly lost. This is not one of those shows you can just kind of jump into. Beginning, oh. beginning or like DBZ beginning? DBZ beginning should be good enough because they don't go too much into it. But Wait, you, you don't make... want to see Master Roshi's nosebleed when he sees up Bulma's panties? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're making the show sound weird, Derek. No one's going to want to watch it now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely a part of our uh, pop culture, and it, it rightfully so. It's a very cool show. What huh? part of our planet exploded don't you understand? But I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here for this week. Well, you're glad you joined us. Join us every week. Uh, we do podcasts on the regular. So until then, I am Tony Chanklaw. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. 
Diet Coke Grimlock. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time on the Fan Holes Podcast. Purse. Kamehameha. <laughs> It's a trick, 18. Do not listen. Cell is only using 17's voice in order to confuse you. Silence, toaster!